It's now time for Mike Adams 2.0 on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team. Mike will get you into the ring with the latest boxing and MMA info, the Lobos, and much more. Now, now. here's Mike Adams 2.0. Presented by El Mesquite Market, bringing cultures together. Good morning, sports fans. Mike Adams 2.0, ESPN Radio 101.7 The Team. And we said the guest list was going to come out phenomenal as we continue our journey of what we call Mike Adams 2.0. And I ran into this guy at the Bare Knuckles press conference. And I hadn't seen him in quite some time. And I said to myself, Self, you never know who you're going to run into. And then I thought back to this guy who could play every musical instrument, who could sing with the best of them, opened up for the Texas Tornadoes, Freddie Fender, Flaco Jimenez, Augie Myers, and I said, the Mariachi Cowboy, I need you in studio. Michael Sanchez, welcome to the show, buddy. Mikey Mike, good to to be here. Good to see you. Always good to see you. It's been too long. Been a long time. Last time I saw you was at the Bare Knuckles. You were working with Diego Sanchez for the fight, and you've always been close to Diego's camp. Did you had you seen Bare Knuckles in the past? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a huge fan of, of 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 all types of martial arts, any type of combat sports. But yeah, I um, this was something you know a long time coming. Um, something I know that Diego had been talking about doing for quite a while. So it was it was great to see it happen. Yeah, it was an interesting night to say the least of yeah. how fast these fights took place. Absolutely. And the second time, how do you deny? both Diego Sanchez and Austin Trout, anything, because they've given so much to their respective sports. Absolutely. And at the end of the day, um, Austin, it looks like he's going to be fighting for the world title of bare knuckles, and Diego will see where his journey leads him next. Now, Mike, I want to get back to way back and how you became a musician and where that talent came from, because you just don't play guitar. You just don't play keys. I mean, every instrument you've took an interest in. Yeah, no, and and, and fortunately, and, and you know, you um, you've always been one of our biggest supporters, and 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 one of the most influential people in this market for us. That's just that's no BS there. That's uh, you were one of the guys that when the music scene was dying out, we were just talking about this um a little while ago. The music scene in New Mexico, as far as New Mexico music, which is and, and really any music for that matter had, had, had really died out after places like the far West, if you remember, um, were closing, um, things just had changed during the nineties music really during the, the mid eighties to, to right around the mid nineties country music was hot. George Strait, Garth Brooks, things had shifted around a little, but really there were no venues here in New Mexico to, to, to play music. Um, and then that spark within the casinos, uh, thanks to guys like Phil Gonzalez, shout out to Phil Gonzalez, another guy just like yourself. When I think about pioneers in the New Mexico, uh, just true New Mexico pioneers. Yeah. You can talk about guys, you know, that, uh, did things like, uh, uh Bob King. You can talk about the Tingleys. Um, but as time evolves, as things move forward, um, it's the guys you never hear about the guys that aren't really 
that, that nobody really knows and will never know that were so influential in creating these movements. And you were one of these guys, Phil Gonzalez, who was a pillar in the casino industry, who started implementing entertainment. And the next thing you know, it's, it is where it is now. You've got the biggest of the best entertainers that come to New Mexico at all these venues. And, um, at one time it had died out and it was guys like you guys, like Phil Gonzalez, but going back to your question, you know, my father, Abenicio Sanchez, who is the, 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 uh, uh, patriarch of, of the process. Um, he introduced me to music at a young age. He was playing in bands when I was, you know, a little baby. Um, so it wasn't uncommon to go up on stage, sing a song at four, five, six years old, um, doing old Al Hurricane stuff and, you know, just transitioning into what, 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 what became an interest, you know, and that was everything. My first concert was Van Halen, 1984, Tingley Coliseum, sixth grade. My dad took me and my mind was forever blown at that point. Um, but then as time progressed, you know, um, it just got more and more, 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 it just, you know, your, your, your resource center becomes more, more, more influenced as long as you have an open mind, you know? And, and, and I think about you all the time. It's interesting because right. What, what I think about the most when I think about Mike Adams is, is the intrigue and interest you have in the story behind the success of whatever it may be. And that's something that has always been of interest to me. I don't just want to know the person who's made it. I want to know how did they make it? What trials, tribulations, issues, da, 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 da. What's the story behind the success? And just before I had seen you, I had thought about you because I was reading a book. Um, uh, I was reading about the making of 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 uh, of, of Miles Davis's album Blue, mm. right? Uh, one of the the greatest uh, uh, Blue to Green, one of the the greatest jazz albums known. The greatest musicians in the game at the time. You know, you had you you had Bill Evans on piano. Um, you know, you had had. Uh, just some of the greatest minds, Coltrane, that they, they, they came to the table. And but 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 what was really interesting is they were talking about blue to green. They were talking about how before they even went into the studio, they did zero planning for this for this album, right? They didn't plan anything. And that was in Miles' tradition. Miles basically said, I'm going to get the best out of what these guys can bring. And I'm gonna let them figure it out at the moment. And that's what became that album. So I thought about you because I know you like all those little storylines that go in there. So it was good to see you, man, when I saw you that day. Michael Sanchez is my guest. ESPN Radio 101.7, the team. And I'll always refer to him as the mariachi cowboy. <laughs> now, what was it like, right? You and your dad become very popular. And, and you're very humble. You're never going to use these types of words, so I'll use them. But you guys become very popular, and you start to hit the road. What was that like knowing that you're with your pops, man? I mean, not only is he your mentor and who you look up to, but what was that like for you knowing, hey, me and my dad are going to hit the road? What was that feeling for you? You know, it, it, so if I'm being real, it, 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 it was brand new. It was new. It was something, you know, you, um, you, you always, because it blew up. Really yeah. fast. Fast. It really did. And here's why it blew up really fast, you know, and, and, and you know, it's hard to, to stay relevant in the music business period, much less to be a little nobody like we were in a, in, in the big world. But at that time, 
like I said, music in New Mexico was just becoming a thing. My dad had written some great material. Um, and what had happened, what really became, and again, this is, this, this is the stories behind the stories, right? Um, my dad had a vision of, of uh, so let me back up a little bit. He wrote a song for his dad's eulogy called Gracias Mi Papa. That was one of the first things that popped off. People liked it, had a great emotional feel. They were attached to it. It was great. <clears throat> Did really well. Decided he wanted to do that along with a number of other songs on a mariachi album. So here in Albuquerque at the time, the top of the line recording studio, John Wagner studio, they were putting out the best people were coming in from all different parts of the country. Uh, you know, my dad had a good relationship with John went in there. Um, and I said, you know, dad, if we're going to do this, we, we, we got to do it with the best. So we, we brought in mariachi tenampa. Okay. Mariachi tenampa. And at that time, this is, this is again where, you know, they say that 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 discipline and luck equates to success, right? You you and and this is a the luck factor was they had just brought in a a uh, Tanampa had added a musician, a guy named Concepcion Gomez from Mexico, and this guy was a genius. He could write charts. He wrote the music, and they he wanted to make his first impression. So we lucked out. He he got a hold of my dad's stuff along with some cover songs, and that became our album, El Mariachi Cowboy, and that thing just blew up. We we won, I think, nine awards, album of the year. It just really took. But at the end of the day, it would, it, and I say this with all the humility possible. It was quality production because this guy put everything he had to make the impression on this market, which. Truly, he, he could have competed in any market. He could have been international, and he, he ended up being international. Um, but he put his heart and soul into those, uh, uh, into those charts, and then when Tenampa put him on, on, uh, on, on wax, it was just absolutely beautiful. And one of the best compliments that, that I ever received in any, any, from anybody in music um, if anybody remembers the name Noberta Frescas, Noberta yeah. Frescas was the queen of bringing in the best mariachi musicians in the world. And I don't, I, I'm, that's no exaggeration. These are in the world. These are some of the greatest musicians to New Mexico for uh, 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 mariachi spectacular, they called it. And um, after that album came out, she, her and I were sitting together because she was a mentor of mine. And she said, Michael, I'm going to tell you that that is probably the best produced album to ever come out of New Mexico. Wow. And that to me was like, wow. And, 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 and I don't think she was, it wasn't about the vocals. It, it, you know, it was about the content my dad had written. And it was about the, the, the way this dude laid out that musician, that, that music brother, it just was phenomenal. But going back to what you were saying, it was, it was an honor, but it also became a, a, a task working with your dad. And there, there's no BS, man. There were times we weren't going to go on stage. We were battling. We weren't. We were done with each other. It was hard. It was over. We were, you know, we we just were done. We were two, two hard headed guys, and 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 um, but it always worked out. It always came together, you know. I mean, but there were literally times where where one of us would be like, you know what, I'm not going on stage tonight. I mean, you know, a bunch of divas with really no reason to be a diva. But it, again, it's that human interaction. You, it is at the end of the day, you have to be able to communicate, and, and and it's not easy in that setting. You know what I mean? It really isn't. But it was a blast, an absolute blast. I I'm so thankful for it. 
Michael Sanchez is my guest, ESPN Radio 101.7, the team. Better known as the Mariachi Cowboy. Now, let's stay, let's stay in this, Mike, because I'm a huge music fan, right? And I, I remember a moment. You were in the trailer. It was a huge, huge crowd. And you came out with that guitar. We're young at the time, right? We're, 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 we're a lot younger than what we're doing right now. But when you came out on that stage and you strummed that guitar, the reaction in that moment, and again, I say this, this guy I'm talking to is one of the most humble dudes you'll ever be around. He doesn't ever talk about what he's accomplished musically. But Mike, that moment and hearing that crowd roar, there was something there that I, I don't know if you felt it that day, but for a guy who's just there watching, right? That was a pretty incredible moment. Yeah, no, and and I think that that's the um, the essence of the gift of music. There's really nothing else that you can do for one person or for a group of people, or they can do for you, than exchanging that gift. You know, when 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 you have somebody's attention, be it. Good, bad, indifferent, um, and there's a reaction there. Yeah, it's the dream every musician has. You're talking about Summerfest. Summerfest was, uh, I can't remember the year. It would have had to have been probably 1998. Stephanie was the headliner, and New Mexico showed out for that man. There was, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, we we there was about thirty thousand people in downtown Albuquerque, <laughs> and it was popping. People were going crazy. We were, we was during the Garth Brooks time, so we were acting a fool, throwing the guitars around. We had a steel guitar player, Augie Hayes, was sitting in with us, and it was just magical that night. Yeah, absolutely. Those are some great times. And 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 what's funny is that there's there, there unless you experience and you have because you've you've been an announcer in large platforms, you've you've been in the middle of the boxing arena, and 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 you know what it's like. To, to to be able to have that type of control and 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 actually make somebody or stimulate that individual to react. That's powerful stuff, man. 99.9% of most people never get to experience that, to say something and the crowd react. It's special, man. It's a gift. It's a gift the universe gives us. And uh, um yeah, man. That's why they say most musicians want to be athletes and most athletes want to be musicians, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. Now, I, I want to go down this road of music. And I still remember you called me one night and you said, where are you? I don't know if you remember this conversation. I said, hey, man, I'm, I'm busy right now. And you were like, stop what you're doing. You have to come with me. And I didn't end up going that night. And you said, there's this band called Alabama Shakes that just is mind-blowing, and you have to come with me, right? I still remember this vividly. I didn't end up making it, but what I did that night is I listened to Alabama Shakes for the very first time. I think they were in concert at Pope Joy. Yep. And for the very first time I heard this, and it blew my mind. Yeah. That's how good it was. Yeah. Yeah. And, and musically, you have all genres of music, and yet it does. It hits us in certain ways. How do you find that, Mike? Like, what are you looking for music or does music find you? That's my question. That's a, 
You know, that's that's an interesting question because you have some people out there who who they say they don't have any influence by music, that it's just background, but they are being influenced whether they know it or not. But I think you have to continue searching and I think one of the one of the one of the most amazing platforms, granted some people have different uh perceptions and opinions about it, but one of the most amazing platforms that I think that's ever come in front of us is TikTok because you're able to really, really experience not only what people are doing, but what other people listen to. And, you know, and there isn't, there isn't enough time in the day for us to sit down and listen to every piece of music that exists before us dying. That's how much music is out there. So I think you have to pursue it, you, you know, and, and, and that's one of the, you know that's one of the beauties of 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 being able to to witness something like an Alabama Shakes. You know, she uh, she the 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 lead singer from Alabama Shakes. She uh, that's a one in a million uh, type voice. One in a million type voice. Brittany Howard. She she um she's a, just an absolute yeah. genius. She ended up going off on her own. So you'll never see that group together again. And those are the little bits of history that that, that are are are. You know, are 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 why people go out to concerts, go and 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 try to experience that little tidbit. You know, I got to see uh, Tom Petty the uh, about a month and a half before he died, right out there in uh, in at the, in the Red Rock uh, Amphitheater, and I mean, when it's right, it's right, right? You know, and 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 he was right. He was on. He was special. You know, and so. Yeah, yeah, I, that's one of the things we've always had connections with, you know, this is music. Michael Sanchez, my guest, ESPN Radio 101.7, the team, better known as the Mariachi Cowboy. Now, I want you to think about something, right? I'm going to give you my top three concerts of all time, and then I want you to give me your top three concerts of all time. Okay. Van Halen 84, of course, and Roth for me, Hagar's great. But Roth, for me, was the lead of Van Halen. That's a different subject matter. We could debate that for, for days. Top three concerts. I'm going to give you mine just because okay, I, I want right. you to feel this. All right. I saw Sublime in the Rain, in the rain, with 400 people. That was, number, that was one of my tops. Sublime? Sublime. Where? State Fairgrounds. Oh, my goodness. What year? Oh, man. Rome was fronting them. Rome. You, you know Rome? <laughs> One of the next greatest concerts. Actually, I'm going to give you four. Next, Chris. Jane's Addiction okay. at the Palms. Wow. Maybe 700 of us. Wow. Perry Farrell just, you know, unbelievable. Jane says whole nine yards. Number three, Mark Anthony in the rain. I don't know why I get Journal to these Pavilion. concerts in Journal the rain. Pavilion. Was that incredible, Dave? <laughs> Unbelievable. And musically, so Just. for me, for me, hearing those instruments, yeah. the horn section, come on. Yeah, and just a one in a trillion voice. Right? And an, just a talent. Which magnifies it level. to a whole nother level. Yeah, yeah. I'll never forget the the, the rendition of uh, Hotel California that he did. Do you remember that? Oh, well, here's- People an, went nuts. It gives me chills. It gives, it, that's how bad, it was really amazing. Well, let me scoop back because- the mariachis and Tanapa and the great, but for me, I didn't see her in concert. I'm not trying to digress to progress, but Linda Ronstadt, 
her mariachi album, one of my favorites. Yeah, but, but, amazing. But let me give you my top concert. Plant Page, Tingly Coliseum. Jesus, yeah. And when the New Mexico Symphony Orchestra was behind them, wow. da da with the violins. Wow. What year? Man, who knows? Because they'd gone by so fast. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. That was an incredible night, right? Yeah. So I want to say maybe 94, maybe wow. in that era, maybe yeah. 95, don't quote me. But those are my, I need to know. Oh, wow. I need to know yours. Those are amazing shows, right? All, all great shows. Oh, the, yeah, those are those are all great shows. So I think that looking back, um, some of the most amazing shows for me, um, I, I, I got to see Van Morrison in Reno. Oh. Van Morrison, there was only 1,500 people. <clears throat> he was a total weirdo about the whole thing. He never showed his face. He, he played the whole show with his back to the audience. He was degrading the band, disrespecting them. Just, it was horrible. That part was horrible. Yeah. But what he did, oh my gosh. Just the the the, 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 the person, unfortunately, and, and you know what? I know I, it's who he is and who he's been forever. Just, it's just his persona. Um, but what the, the, the music that they did was phenomenal, man. It was just you. Just you're in the you're in the presence of greatness. Yeah. Okay, that 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 was one. Um, Conway Twitty. Wow. Um, one of my all time greatest shows I was ever able to witness. My gosh, he put on a show, Conway Twitty, at the State Fairgrounds here. Okay, an unbelievable show he put on. Um, the Black Keys in uh, in Oakland. I was, uh, I was, uh, my wife bought me tickets to go see the Black Keys in Oakland in their early years. And oh my gosh, it was just, it was, it was unbelievable. Um, Billy Joel in, uh, in, 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 Fen at Fenway Park. I got to see Billy Joel, my wife and I. That was an absolute, just a dream come true. Granted, I was the only brown guy in the middle of the first, in the fourth, in the first five rows, but I loved it. I was, I couldn't believe I was witnessing Billy Joel. And, and when he did Piano Man, did everybody sing it? Oh, they sang every song, man. It was like nothing you've, that, 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 that experience, because Boston obviously is very special to that whole process. And, you know, Billy Joel's story is, is unreal. Yeah. Talk about a story, yeah. man. And, 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 uh, and so, um, you did know, he do Uptown Girl? He did everything. Oh, I just want to. That, that's the thing. He did. I I want to say that that set list because they always put out the set lists after, and that that set list consists of probably eighteen to twenty songs, and every one of them was a number one hit. Like, who has that? Think about that. Yeah, for sure. Every song that you know comes off the four count is a hit. And they lose their damn minds. New York State of Mind comes on. Oh. People lose their, you know, it's crazy. The other, the other, uh, a show, Guy Clark, Gary Clark, rather. Oh yeah. Here at Sunshine Theater, man. Gary Clark Jr. Gary Clark, uh, unbelievable. Michael Sanchez is my guest. It's ESPN Radio one hundred one point seven. The team. Mike Adams two point Go to the Instagram. Mike Adams two point Go to Spotify. Go to Apple. But you're going to want to listen to this. We'll be back in just a second. Let's get back to Mike Adams 2.0 on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team. Presented by El Mesquite Market. Bringing cultures together. Welcome back. Mike Adams 2.0 ESPN Radio 101.7 The Team. And we're taking this musical journey with Michael Sanchez, better known as the Mariachi Cowboy. 
Micah Frankel is here, and I'm excited to see Micah. Micah, we've been coming with the biggest performers. We've been coming with the biggest musicians. How good is it today to have the Mariachi Cowboy in? Well, you always bring an eclectic guest lineup with you, and this time you don't disappoint, Mike. One-of-a-kind story, one-of-a-kind kind of performer. Well, and I have to I have to say this, Mike, as we continue this journey. Um, your son's a musician, and you know you had the opportunity to play with your dad. Are you looking for his musical journey in 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 this way, right? Because you're a father, I'm a father. We have you you're gonna always look out for your kid. Can we see maybe maybe when when you know what you and your dad created? Is there the possibility now, or is it even in your thought process? That maybe you and your son could do something very similar? You know, I, I don't know if necessarily similar. We do work together quite quite closely. He is in uh, uh, Temecula right now transitioning to L.A. Um, he has some some really good music out on on, uh, on Apple Music. He goes by the name Chesel, that's C-H-E-Z-I-L-E. Um, but we do, we, we, you know, um, we work remotely together, writing songs. Um, he's actually working with some of the producers that I, Ricky Fuentes, remember Ricky Fuentes, yeah. Ruben Ramos, this guy, yeah. he, he just, just these last couple of days, um, there's a huge movement in the music business with this old school Spanish Latino. Have you heard what, you know what I'm talking I about? Do. I do. And it's really taken off. So he asked me if I had any ideas. I wrote some songs for him and then we started, um, you know, introducing him to some of our producers. But interestingly enough, something, you know, you, as we were coming back in from commercial, I noticed that uh, El Mesquite is your, is your uh, sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you a funny story about El Mesquite, man. So in 1993, I was hired by Univision as their account executive, right? And um, one day I get this call, and, and, and the secretary passed me this lead, and she says, there's a new spot opening up off of Isleta, a little tiny place, a little, uh, 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 a little uh, a carniceria, and uh, they, they want to know if you can go over there. And, and sure enough, I show up over there. It was a little slice of a store they had, and I met Sergio and Luis Bermudez and their yeah. brother, and we, that's where it all started. That day, very first commercials, everything, we started together. Their business had just started two days before, and we wrote their commercials. We They didn't have very much money to spend, and now look at what oh, they built as a dynasty. Story. Yeah. And that And so for me, those guys are truly the essence of entrepreneurialism. You know, the, if anybody, anybody wants to see the template – to how to build the business successfully, go look at what the Bermudez brothers have done with El Mesquite. I'm telling you, these guys had a little space no bigger than probably, I'm, I'm telling you, I, I refer to it as a slice because it was a slice of a room that had all their candies and all their stuff, the, the Mexican spices, and then a little tiny area with some meats and they were in there grinding it out, man. And then now look at them 20 years later, they 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 have a dynasty, man. So I'm just really, it's interesting, man. And so that would have been in 1993. We're 2023. 30 years. Wow. And not just that. Shout out to the Bermudez wow. brothers. Shout out to Sergio. I was with him. He gave away 1,500 turkeys Sergio one day and, and I was with him. Yeah. yeah. 
Shout out Sergio Bermudez and his brothers. So, Micah, Mike Sanchez was with Diego Sanchez leading up to the fight of Austin Trout. Working out with him, doing some things. Him and him and Diego were very, very close. Mike now, that you may not know this, is big on jiu-jitsu. His um, coaches are, are world-renowned. And he's actually going to be in some competitions for jiu-jitsu. Well, well, that opens it up. What competitions you got lined up well, here? So, so here, let me let me backtrack a little bit. So, so I'm 50 years old, okay, and um, I've been my most of my life. I've have had some involvement with. And I don't want to interrupt, but you look 30. But well, go ahead, you're sweet, Mike. I love you. So, check this. You were mentioning to me that you had Antonio Sabato on a couple of year, oh, a couple of weeks ago, or whatever, right? About, about about eight months ago. About eight months ago. So, check this out. Um, about 1991. I am uh, training in Shotokan Karate with Steve Flores from Vegas. Do you remember Steve Flores? Steve Flores. Steve Flores. You should have seen the brawl between Steve Flores and Antonio Sabato at the Club International in Santa Fe because I was training under Steve. Steve's a savage, man. Shotokan. We were doing kickboxing in the Club International. Well, Antonio Sabato was training in there, and he was a super— at the time, he was doing Earth 2. And Earth 2, remember Earth 2 in Santa Fe? That's where Antonio got to start, Earth 2 in Santa Fe. These women loved Antonio Sabato Jr. They would smell his seat on his motorcycle outside of the club. I'm not lying, guys. The women would line up and just go take pictures, and they they loved Antonio Sabato's. This is no joke, no joke. He challenged Steve Flores to a, a, a sparring session. Antonio Sabato challenges Steve Flores. He says, hey, man, can I spar with you? And Steve says, sure, man. You know, let's just take it easy. It turns into a nice little nice little war. And Antonio was tough, 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 tough. But going back to that, that was that was my initial taste of, of martial arts. And then I studied some Muay Thai. I studied uh, for about two and a half years. Um, loved the Muay Thai. Um, but I just wasn't built for it. I'm not cut out to get beat like that. Uh, luckily, my cousin Diego, whom I've, I've, I was his first manager way before the King of the Cage days, um, was able to see him, which I will say this to the world, um, it's a shame that Diego is not in the UFC Hall of Fame. If anybody deserves recognition for being the spark that, that made the UFC what it was, it was Diego Sanchez's fight that night. I love... Uh, Forrest, uh, 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 St- Stephen Bonner, great guy, love them. But Diego Sanchez was the one that sparked that, and that guy should not only be in the Hall of Fame, but he should be recognized as the person who did that. Anyhow, I digress. But um, Diego was able to see him evolve in that sport, and uh, uh, my kids started jujitsu. and you're right. In New Mexico, I've trained in other parts of the country, and, and in the Midwest, if you see a black belt in a jiu-jitsu class, it, to them it's like the Pope has shown up because they're so rare. Whereas you have amazing schools like Gracie out here with amazing instructors. Don Ortega, Tusa have done an amazing job. You have a bunch of other schools that have opened up, and I give props to all of them. I'm not the guy. Ados, I know uh, Donald Sanchez got something going on. Um, Barata and, and Watterson, uh, Michelle Watterson have smart jits. You know, Jackson's. And, and it's all one big community. And it just happened that at the time my kids started, I started with them. I just wasn't in that mindset. But when I turned 48 right after the pandemic, I decided I wanted to train. So I started training one-on-one with 
um, the wizard, the, the one of the best in the world, Rafael Barata. The, 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 I, I, when you have a move named after you, you're a stud. I don't care what. And 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 Barata Plata is one of the most used moves in the jiu-jitsu game worldwide right now. And jiu-jitsu has just taken off, man. Jiu-jitsu took off like soccer took off in the late 90s and has just become something that people are involved in. So at 48, I, I decided I was going to focus. And I started training with him one-on-one. And then I just progressed from there. Uh, competed in the World Masters. Now I'm I'm getting ready to compete as a blue belt in a Master Five at the Pan Americans uh, in March, and then in the World Masters and then the uh, International Masters for IBJJF throughout the year. But it, it's it's just anybody who's done jujitsu knows that it isn't even about fighting. Initially, you come in there and you think, oh man, I'm going to learn how to just kick ass and everything's good, and and it really actually does the opposite. It makes you. It makes you realize how susceptible you are to really, really tough people that are out there. But also, it gives you something to strengthen your mind with. And and because you won't last if you go in there with an ego, man. Because there, you just have to know you're going to suck for a long time, for years and years and years. But those little wins really help build your your soul internally, man. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. There's some big things coming with that. So easily to say a lifelong martial artist, not just a, a, a jiu-jitsu practitioner picking it up. So when you were younger, what was the initial idea of starting a martial arts? Well, I think it was ego. I think it was pride and I think it was fear and insecurity. I'm going to be completely honest with you. And I suffered that. that that's just the reality of it. Um, and, you want to get in there. You want to be able to be tougher. You want to be able to defend yourself. And and um, but then it, it you evolve if you stick with it into the, the the real essence of it, and that's to become strong-minded, to become disciplined, to be able to handle an interaction without reacting. That's the true essence of it. And that typically doesn't come it, it, unless that's just who you are. If you're an innate individual, innate, it, you're just a very kind, soft person and there are people like that and I love people like that I just wasn't that person and I had to learn the hard way and sometimes the only way you learn is when you learn a discipline you 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 have to actually interact with people who know what they're doing and you become you, you have no choice but to to humble yourself and then from there I think your mind just becomes stronger with it I really do you now know? you said something interesting you said jiu-jitsu is taken off the way soccer has do you see this sport turning into something bigger? I mean, you know. One million percent. And um, there's some stuff in the works here um, with one of the platforms we have uh, for some. So right now what you're seeing with jiu-jitsu is because of a number of things. Number one, it is an amazing workout. Anybody of all, um, people from all ages can do it, from little tiny kids who are sometimes the best to watch because they have you know, nothing else in their mind other than what they have in front of them, what they've been taught. And they're able to actually execute jujitsu because what jujitsu in, in, in essence is, is being able to control a situation, to use your leverage, to use your body without having to use your strength. You know, it's using the leverage, 
the fulcrum, the movement of the body without having to use a lot of strength. And when you're when you're rolling with guys that are black belts and and even some lower belts who are just really, really dialed in, they're not using strength. They're using your movement against them. So I say all that to say that anybody can do this. So you're starting to see families, right? What other sport can families join and all of them be involved in? It's 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 it doesn't exist. What else can you put your kids in that can actually help assist with bullying, create a confidence factor, um, and 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 also create a discipline. It's not just hey man, I go out there and beat somebody up. No, it's it, it's it's different. It's being able to 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 really look at a situation because you don't fight jujitsu, you play jujitsu. Jujitsu is a puzzle. Like when we go and compete, we're not fighting. It's a match, you know, where it's, 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 it, it's, so those are two different worlds. It, and that's why it wasn't sustainable to be in Muay Thai, uh, to do kickboxing. It hurts. It takes a toll on, and jujitsu hurts. Don't get me wrong. It's grappling is hard. It is the, one of the hardest things you can do, but that's the other element to it. That's what creates the discipline and the mind strength is that they say it's a proven fact that most of us, if we ever do stop pushing ourselves to a point of discomfort, okay? That we stop doing that. We push it where you literally push yourself to a point where you just, you have a choice to quit or to figure a way out. And that's what jujitsu forces you to do. You have guys on top, you can't breathe, you're getting choked out. Yeah, is there a way out or are you just, you're just gonna give up? And so that, that, that stuff does some real work on the brain, bro. And so I wanna pass this on to everybody. Because it makes people better. You 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 can never you can never end up worse for training in jujitsu, man. And you've seen even as the spectator sport right now with ADCC, with flow grappling, with one championship having belts now, you're seeing more and more organizations bringing in jujitsu competitions. Uh, you see com- combat jujitsu, EBI, uh, the Medusa tournaments. There's a lot of different tournaments and platforms now. So you really do see it growing in a global aspect the same way that Soccer, as you said it, you can find it on every country. You're starting to see that same thing with jiu-jitsu. Little differences, but Japanese jiu-jitsu, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, it's everywhere. So let me ask you this, because this is what comes top of mind to me, right? If jiu-jitsu's growing that fast, pickleball's growing that fast, Formula One is growing that fast, are we going to see a whole new wave of sports? Absolutely. That's evolution. I don't know about a whole new wave. But you're going to see some some things, and you know you know what the real when you really know something's hot. Disney is coming out with a jujitsu Gracie character. Okay, then you know it hit and penetrated <laughs> to a whole different level. You Thank hit you. Disney. It's like right now, if you look even on the Disney Plus platforms, there's the Lucha cartoon. Yeah. So you're seeing Lucha Libre to a different level. When you penetrate to that mothership, like we're on here, it, it speaks to a different level of appreciation from the audience. Absolutely. Now, I want to get to this. I've been doing my top 100 bands of all time. Okay. I'm at 57, but okay. I have to get back to the mu- music. Okay. At 101, I had the Dropkick Murphys. Okay. Because they were shipping out to Boston. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. How was that vocally? I mean, I think that's right on. The <laughs> decibels seem to fall right in line on your meter here. <laughs> Rush was my 100th band. I'm only at 57, which was Rod Stewart. I can sprinkle in a little bit of everything I have. Patsy Klein made it. She has to, right? Mm-hmm. 
but I'm going to go 56 to 1, and I kind of want to get your opinion on my 5 4. I can't give you my 3 2 1 because I've been saving this, Micah, for the last 10 months, my top 100 bands of all time. Building up the anticipation. It has to be bands, bands not musicians. No, musicians, artists, bands, composers, artists, not composers. Not composers. Unless they compose their own music, right? So think of this. I'm just going to tell you who my fifth all-time favorite is. This is Mike Adams' opinion. Now, I'm giving you number five for those of you listening at home. At number five, I have Janis Joplin. Okay. Talk to me, Mike. I think, I mean, that's, you can't go wrong with Janis Joplin. I, I don't know. She'd be in my top five. God, it's hard to build the top five, man. But give me the five. Like, if I gave you my three... You're gonna say who's one? Okay, my, I mean, I mean. The, so for me, always, always on the top list is Miles Davis. Okay, there's just no this way is your top that. five, top five. Yeah, well, I I don't even know if that's you know. Um, I like Paganini, who's a composer. I, I'm I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Vivaldi. So I mean, do you include that? You know, I mean, because that all of it is influential to me. I mean, you 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 and you really get deep into it. You know, you got guys like Juan Gabriel in yeah. the music scene. I mean. That's the beauty of music. Music is universal. Music is 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 like a an energetic wave that cannot be controlled. There is no best. It just continues to to because it really is per, a perception. It's what that does to you. How does that music affect you? But you're right. In in the top five, I mean, gosh, man, you know, it just and it's Joplin's story for me. Port yeah. Arthur, Texas. Stevie you know? Ray Vaughan. I mean, uh, incredible. I mean, you talk about a guy who is 11 years old, 12 years old, already the number one guitarist in all of Texas. 12 years old. Who's the best guitar player I of was, all time? I couldn't even, 12 years old, I don't even know what, I mean, best guitarist? In your mind, I'm going to give you mine, and okay. I want you to think about it. Okay. For me, is Prince Rogers Nelson. Best guitar player ever. And if you watch My Guitar Gently Weeps when he's up there with Petty, they they back up when he does his guitar solo. Yeah. They back up. You know, it, it I guess I guess if you're talking about because you know, let's be real. Just like fighters, ball players, painters, most of the greatest aren't even known, man. The most of the greatest will never even be be known and only a handful may ever have Get to even experience. Where do them. you put Ingve there? Where's Ingve in your list? I don't know. I don't. I don't even know. Buckethead. I don't even know. You idea. see where I'm going with this? Because we hear this. These guys are great. Santana, Clapton, Stevie Ray. All the yeah. That they're great. Yeah. And then you listen to some of these guys, and you're like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Like Bill Evans. Yeah. Oh. You know, Bill Evans. Bill Evans. I mean, most people don't. You know, I mean, it's just. Most people don't realize that what they're listening to, all these samples, man, they come from somewhere. You know, you, you, you what do you, uh, you, do you remember, um, oh God, I, I, uh, I can't remember the name of, of the band, but, um, Ice Cube, uh, did a, a spinoff of, of, of their song, man, where he talks about, I've got no haters. Uh, but, the, but that, 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 I mean, bands like that that most people don't ever recognize. But, yeah, there's a ton of them, Mikey. Well, I'll tell you this, Micah. Tell them who your favorite is. It's Who's Eminem and Green Day, but give them, a, give them, throw out a couple more for them. 
Oh man, I listen to horrible music. I like Mudvayne, Disturbed. I like I like hard, I like, hardcore I like metal stuff like that as well. And yeah. then I listen to rap music. So Mike said it, Eminem. Everyone looks at me weird when I say Jadakiss. No one listens to New York stuff like I do. Oh yeah, I still listen to like I I'm all over the place. I as a matter of fact, one of the fighters came out to big what is it big pond. Uh, uh, you're not a what do you, I think you, it was Dotson. Came, you're not a player. One of them. Yeah, yeah. play our crush a lot. Yeah, yeah <laughs> they, he came out to Dotson. Came at that. So I started. I went and I, I I started listening to that stuff. But yeah, all of that music is just so influential. If you have a chance to listen, watch a documentary on Showtime, and uh, I don't know when it came out, but it's about the Supreme Team. You remember the Supreme yeah. Team? Yeah. And and their influence to with the, with hip hop music and and I mean they were essentially the 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 genesis of it. The rappers started writing about them and 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 what they did and that's where it all came together but yeah man it's just it's it's uh it's there's so many great musicians and and i i think most of us forget that it's all vibration man music is vibration i i gotta say this michael sanchez my guest espn radio 101.7 the team better known as the mariachi cowboy. Now I gotta. I, I remember one time. I don't know if we were in your studio or your living room, and you're just playing, right? And I don't know if you've had one of those free sessions again, where you just invite a couple of dudes over, and then you guys just start playing, because that's a cool vibe, man. You can't just do that in the summertime. Yeah, you know no, what no, I mean. No, no, I mean, yeah, is there a, is there a time do. you feel we do. like I hey, have a group of cats that, and when my son comes in, we 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 play music, man. It's it's just. Uh, it's what we like to do, and um, it's what it, it it's therapy, just like jujitsu. It's therapy, man, for the brain, and you know it. You love music, you know, um, but you're right. There's just so many different. You're talking top five, you know, because you every, you're right. Everybody always mentions, you know, the 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 ones everybody always talks about. But I mean, Rick James, you know, oh. I mean. I mean, Decker was that a genius, City, man. my man. You know, yeah. just, Rick James was was playing with 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 Joplin. You know that, right? Yeah. You know they played Absolutely. together. They all played together in Canada. They all did their thing, and like all these, uh, he played with um, uh, uh, who's um, and, and I gotta say this, Mike, real quick. So shout out Bobby Neil Burnett, Young. Neil Young. But, he played with Neil Young. And I gotta shout out Bobby Burnett, who was just with the Stone City Band two weeks ago. They got back together to jam. My main man Bobby Burnett was up there, and he said it was phenomenal to watch. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, Glenn Campbell. You want to talk about musicians? It's just endless. Ray Charles. Yes. I mean, Rita Franklin. Oh, amazing. You know, uh, on uh, one of the networks here, Tammy Wynette and George Jones, their yeah. sh their their show came right. Out. I mean, George Jones, his output was as quality as it gets, man. I as could, quality as it and gets. And Mike, here's the thing. I wish I could talk to you for five hours. We need to do like a podcast where we're just having fun, right? But yeah. the hour goes by quick. Sure. Thank you for your time. Absolutely, today. Mike. Always. The and Journey of Music with Michael Sanchez, better known as the Mariachi Cowboy. I appreciate it. And I, I just want to finish by saying that, you know, I appreciate that you've continued this journey that you're on because it, it, you're you're one of the staples uh, when it's all said and done that, that will be recognized as part of the New Mexico Sports Foundation. One of one of the one of the landscapes and one of the people that really helped not just athletes but New Mexicans. Period. Evolve. So I appreciate everything you do, Mike. No, thanks for the kind words. Sell behind the glass. Thank you to the president, thanks, President Joe O'Neill, for Alyssa Ryan, Preston, John, Michael, 
It's Mike Adams 2.0 on ESPN Radio 101.7, the team. Thanks for joining us for Mike Adams 2.0, presented by El Mesquite Market, bringing cultures together. Join us again next Saturday, 9 to 10, on your New Mexico-owned and operated station, ESPN Radio 101.7, the team.